Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Titans, live from London, UK, all the way to the US of A and worldwide. I am your host, Callum L, and this is Talk with the Titans. On tonight's show, we have the brother Jonathan Owens from the Amon Ross squad. I know you've heard of him already. He's in the February the 8th debate, Kemet on trial, Hebrew Israelites versus the Kemetic science community. Tonight, he has a tantalizing thesis in store for us. It is entitled Nubia, Egypt's mother. And I must ask everybody out there who is watching on the audience or on the panel to please mute your YouTube. Okay? Thank you. Um, so we have Brother Jonathan Owens in live in the studios that's going to give us a breakdown today. Nubia, the birth or the mother, the mother of Egypt. Wow. I know he's going to be talking to us about the Magi, uh, the Kushites, the Kush kingdom. Um, he's going to go in. I'm sure he's going to let us, he's going to drop some jewels. I'm, I'm hoping he's going to drop some jewels for us. Um, you know, Hebrew Israelites community out there, Kemetic community out there, I hope he's going to drop some jewels for us um, pertaining to this Kemet versus Israel um, debate. So, Brother Jonathan, I'm going to welcome you. Hotep, Hotep, my brother. Um, greet us. Let us know what's going on. Hotep, Anks, Neb, Was, how you doing? Yeah, um, huh? great. Everything cool with you? Hey, it's great. You know, it's the holiday seasons out here. It's a time to be jolly. Uh, you know, family, friends, food, everything. So it's actually it's Christmas Day where we are. I know most of us we don't celebrate um, Christmas, but over here in the UK, it's that one time of the year where all family members get together and just sit down and actually con actually hold conversations. Usually we're just spread all across. But it's that one time of the year where we actually get to come together as a family. So I'm doing excellent. Well, you know what? We, uh, you know, me coming out of a Christian family and a lot of us uh, in America coming up from that background have to address these holidays as well. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of what they call Christmas spirit in the air for those people who celebrate that. But me, I've been studying and getting ready to prepare for this debate. Uh, hopefully tonight we can discuss a few things pertaining to uh, Nubia, uh, Ta-Nehisi, uh, and why uh, Nubia has been called the mother of Kemet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we know Dr. Ben uh, put this out for us a long time ago, and I guess we could dive into that when you're ready. You know? All right. Okay, but before we dive into that, um, I'm going to ask everybody out there who is in YouTube land to please share this with friends and family. I know, I know there's a whole heap of people out there that would definitely want to watch this. This is Nubia, Egypt's mother. So I know Kemetic crew, um, the Hebrews, the Muslims, I'm sure we've all got a part to play in both Egypt, Nubia, Ethiopia, etc. So if if you're out there and you're, and you're definitely tuning in for this, our brother Jonathan Owens, just go down below, press the share button. You can share on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are at on the social media websites. Just share it out there. Let people know that our brother, our center, our brother himself is going in tonight on Nubia. All right. But let's actually introduce the panel. We have a healthy panel, a most distinguished um 
list of panels, our guests or, or panelists that's actually there with us tonight, but we're going to introduce just three of those, just three of those people. We have first and foremost our brother Ujaung. Ujau has the website called medu-knitter.com. Okay, he's also the founder of the Hacker uh, Multimedia.com, and he teaches beginners. Uh, wow, this brother is excellent. You know, I'm I'm gonna put this out there. I, this brother teaches the Medu Knitter for beginner levels. Okay. For beginner levels, if you want to start learning the Medunita, this is the guy that you want to get in touch with. All right, um, who else have we got here on the panel? We have Brother Laron. Brother Laron is G Consciousness, and he has a radio station as well. Brother G Consciousness, um, introduce yourself, please. Peace, peace, peace to everybody in the house. Once again, thanks, Kalam, for uh, having me on, uh, and uh, Brother Jonathan for bringing a good message today. Um, yeah, you can reach me on uh, on Facebook as well. You know, I have a G Consciousness Radio. You can reach me on there as well. You can catch me on Sundays. I'm about like from 6 to 8 o'clock in that area. So with that being said, peace, brother. Excellent. Brother G Conscious. All right. I know we're going to have this brother up in the studio soon. Um, how soon, I don't know, but we're going to have this brother up. Hopefully, we can get a two-man debate going on. I know this brother is ready to go, come on to the show and to present some, some, some information for us. So look out for that brother, Brother G Consciousness. All right. Now, next, we have our brother Asai Mahotep, the Grandmaster Linguist himself. I know most of us have seen him from our last Last week's episode, last week, our emergency episode on Friday, he was in the studios breaking stuff down. Oh my gosh, the internet has been going crazy from our brother. But let me introduce him right now, Brother Asaim Hotep. Please greet us. Peace and blessings. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Well, um, peace and blessings to you and uh, the audience. And I'm glad to uh, sit on this panel and uh, get knowledge from my brother. Excellent, 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 excellent. Oh, wow. All right, and we also have, you know, I need to actually introduce my brother. My brother, Carbon, or should I say Poverty from Carbon Radio. Is he there? Brother Carbon, please introduce yourself. Brother Carbon, are you there? I think he just stepped out. Are you there, my brother? Okay, well, let's go back to our brother, our setup himself, Jonathan, Jonathan Owens. Other people might actually know him as Smash Rockwell, the rap god. So Smash Rockwell, like, where did you get this name from, actually, furthermore? That's what I would like to know. Uh, oh, well, i uh professionally known as Casual since uh, I got a record deal in, I think, 1993 on Jive Records. Uh... And, you know, over the years, cash turned to smash. The short for cows who turned to cash, and that turned to smash. Really because they started to uh, put some of my characteristics to, towards the name as I began to mature. But, uh, I don't know. That's just something my homies in Oakland called me for a while, smash. But if anybody is not familiar with my hip-hop history, you can always check out hieroglyphics.com. Uh, you can check out hieroglyphics on Facebook and just look into that. Uh, I've been, been doing Excellent. So, well, so you've actually had a record deal? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I had a pretty at the time it was a pretty cool record deal. I mean, what made it particularly cool was because I was from Oakland, California, and if you think back to about 1993, uh, there were not too many contracts for uh, brothers from the West Coast, particularly from Oakland. And so there was a wave that happened with, uh, I think, I forgot who started that wave. And uh, record companies start coming to the West Coast, but I think I got swept up in the same wave that E-40, uh, Pool Man, Too Short, and we were all signed to Jive Records. And I think I, they signed myself as Casual and the Souls of Mischief right after that. So, 93, my debut album was called Fear Itself on Jive Records, and that was 1994. Wow, this brother. Hey, this is phenomenal, you know. I, you know, I need to, everybody needs to actually, after this show is finished, please YouTube the hieroglyphics and have a glimpse of our brother, um, brother Smash Rockwell, casual, and the hieroglyphics going in. You know, this brother is multi-talented, multi-talented. But tonight, you have something, you have something in store for us. You have... You have Nubia in store for us. Egypt, the cradle of civilization. Please, like, I, come on, man. Like, give me something. Give me something right now. Oh, I got a whole lot for you. Uh, actually, it'll be nice to come behind the uh, good show Brother Sar did last week because he basically detailed a lot of the... Uh, how the mythology of what we call Kemet was could be primarily based on uh, agriculture in a sense and certain type of uh, traditions or, or early sciences coming to, coming to a head. And so, you know, I want to break down a lot of things pertaining to that as well. Also touch on, we could, at, towards the end, we could discuss the debate we have coming up, uh, Kemet on trial. But... People say, you know, why was Nubia the mother of Kemet? And we all know the theory of the majority of people migrating from the south to even populate Kemet at the times that Kemet became prominent and from before. Uh, but there are also other aspects to Kemet uh, and some geological aspects. And a lot of this information I know is comes from uh, Emory University, just a little you know, a little quick course I did on Nubia. So if people want to join in on that, I think we'll be doing some group lessons on that at Magi Vanguards of Kemet in the Facebook group. But anyway, uh, just going over what we learned about Kemet and its limestone substrate and the flow and the force of the now, how Kemet was actually able to become Kemet. If we know Egyptologists and some Kemetologists refer to Kemet as the black land, uh, and then why we refer to it as the black land is a whole nother discussion, but this will be a testament to the uh, fertile soot, or you know, the black soot, and this is a geological testament to it because if we see when dealing with uh, this limestone substrate of Kemet, or of the areas of Egypt, opposed to the sandstone of Nubia, the Nile could not carve out a floodplain in order for agriculture to be able to develop so readily in Nubia or Tanahesi as it did in Kemet. And so this is one of the first geological reasons why Kemet 
was Kemet because of Ta-Nehisi anyway. And if we, we'll probably go over some of the uh, oracles of Amen, which was for a pharaoh or a Nisut or what have you to be blessed with a sky of good rain from Ta-Nehisi or from Nubia or Ta-Seti. Now, we know it, do, it doesn't rain in Egypt, and back then it really wasn't raining in Egypt. And so one of the actual oracles of Amun, you know what I'm saying, was to get this plentiful rain from Tarsetti. And so uh, along with the migrations down the flow of the rhythm, uh, as we add those, uh, you know, the, the bedrock or the, un the underlying, uh, you know, substrate that uh, occurred and let things happen, we start to see how agriculture developed more in the areas of Kemet, which some even attest to it's all about agriculture, and we'll see how warfare began to develop more in Nubia. Now, people will say, how does that make sense? It's because, okay, you live in an area where, in an area where the fruit and vegetables are even is ripe for agriculture to be a little bit more plentiful. In Nubia, we have testaments to what we call Tasseti. We're also given a testament to what is called the bow. Some people, some translated as Seti. In my work, I find it, and others know it is Pesejet, but when it deals with uh, Tasseti, some say it's just based the land of the bow, basically. Now, when we talk about why Tasseti, Nubia, or uh, area of Nubia is the land of the bow, we have to start thinking about how uh, these things I'm, I'm pointing out, and primarily because one thing I like to point out is the bow is the first weapon that we know that stored uh, kinetic energy, period. Now all of our uh, weapons store kinetic energy, some of them with computers, some of them with fuel, but the bow stored kinetic energy in its string by you cocking it. As soon as you cocked, that was the first thing that ever got cocked was the bow. You know what I'm saying? Besides, probably the arm, but then you could say, okay, that spear isn't storing the energy in the arm, the human body storing the energy. But the bow allowed us to store the energy in the weapon, and then we started developing a further sense of aim beyond just throwing a rock or a spear. So this developed primarily in Nubia. And we know this because of how we, we're going to look at some of the hieroglyphs that show, and we'll look at a few other things that uh, let us know this. Uh, it, it seems you you have something you was about to say? I was about to say, damn, this is <laughs> a beginner's course or beginner's um, discourse. This sounds like it's going to be a very advanced um, piece of information or thesis that you're going to present to us and I'm suggesting that everybody who is listening right now or who is listening to a pre-recorded message please, 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 please pause right now I'm going to just, I'm just going to slow down my speech a little bit for everybody pause, get yourself a pen get yourself a piece of paper and just jot down everything what this prophet is going to say to you rewind this after this is finished and watch it and take notes. Last and, and last but not least, please, everybody, um, press the subscribe button if you want to see more of these shows. Our shows are every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we have 
talk with the Titans. It starts usually at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 11 p.m. GMT if you're in the UK. So please just press the subscribe button down below and know that we are on every Wednesdays. Every Wednesdays we are on. Okay, um, that being said, please, brother, continue. I know you have your presentation ready for us. Um, well for everybody just to get their pen and pad ready. So I'm just trying to, you know, buy some time right now. Everybody just go and get your pens and get your pad ready because this okay. is going to be a powerful, arduous thesis that's going to be presented to you, and I don't want you to miss out. Brother Jonathan, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, now I don't have any real formal presentation, but I just want to let people know that if they go to Rap God at WordPress, you can look at my prior work on the subject, and the reason why a lot of this I'm just going to be, we can do conversationally. Uh, RapGod.wordpress, the first document is called uh, A Conversation on Nehesi, and the other one is A Well-Defined Kingdom of Nubia. And in the document, uh, I detail some of the critical questions first about the name Nubia. Now, because uh, now I'll share my screen, and uh, hopefully we can begin to get into this. Uh, uh, you see that? Yes. We can okay. See. So basically, in the Medunatir, which uh, the Greeks called the hieroglyphs, and now we speak English, so it would be appropriate still to call it the hieroglyphs. We have which means sacred writings in, all, in both languages. We have the name for what we would call would call Nubia today, but this doesn't say Nubia. And I don't know if you guys can see my cursor moving on the screen. Uh, do you, uh, it's, it's kind of center screen right now. If you can, okay, great. Uh, well, we're reading this primarily. We'll do a small, just a little. Thing on Metonetta as well. We're reading this from the left, starting from the left, primarily because we see this bird right here, which is a biliteral term that represents the nay sound in the term that we're going to discuss. He, this bird is looking to the left, so it lets us know to start reading from the left. It's not only the bird, but it'll be other symbols that we'll know are pointing in that direction to let us know to start from the left. Regardless, the first thing we'll see here is ta, which is a determinant, um, which is a Ideogram, a logogram for land. Okay, then we see the N. So it's Ta is the next. So then we continue with the name. We'll get the N. We got the neighbor, which we'll discuss, which represents a biliteral NH. So N is really a phonetic complement onto this NH. Then we have the S and what is translated as a Y, which gives us Nahesi, Ta Nahesi, the land of Nahesi. Now, these things help us determine the term. If you follow my cursor at the end, we have what is known as a throwing stick, which was used to signify foreign peoples and uh, a determinative for foreign lands. So from the mindset of Egyptians at the pot, around the times that we can see uh, Ta-Nehisi referenced or mentioned, we'll get uh, this foreign lands and this uh, throwing stick determinative, which should be noted. Uh, okay, now, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh, pop out of there. I had to do something. Uh, when we discuss the name Nubia, it really don't have nothing to do with this Ta-Nehisi right here. So people are like, where do we get the name Nubia? In my document, uh, 
and when those documents I cited earlier, we can just clearly go see where Egyptologists get it from, and then we can start to understand why uh, they did this, and was it erroneous, and we can also add what we think. But the information I got from Emory University does not attest directly to what I will put forth today, but I have strong argument, and so I'll let you judge for yourself. My conclusion somewhat was that the term we use for Nubia today has etymological roots in a term which we find found in uh, Nubia back in comedic times. I'm sorry, I probably could share my uh, personal screen. I'm sorry. Which we find which was Nub, and it means gold, or or uh, some would say Nibu, however you transliterate it. But basically, we deal with the consonants, so we got Nub. Now we got the N and the B already established. Nub means gold. That doesn't mean I'm not I'm not making any uh any pseudo-associations, I'm simply saying we know that Ta-Nehisi was the area that Egyptians went to for nuke or for gold. Now, if we start to look over, uh, um, it's, it's more to it than that, but if we start to, let me see if I can get back to this real quick. If we start to look over, first let me add to that, going into Ta-Nehisi, for gold eventually defined what they would call borders or quote of Tanahesi. Okay, and this was the primary reason from every inscription I'll bring forth, and most of us will bring forth that one of the main reasons we went into Tanahesi was for gold and to, you know, extract materials. And so that association is uh, direct and adequate, but when these borders start being defined, we find, uh, I think I'll visit this next slide. I hope I got it right. Uh, I think Simro Set the Third uh, lays out uh, stellas in a location called Simna. Um, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought we were going to the next slide. In a location called Simna, yeah. And uh, on this Simna stella here, we can see clearly defined what is a border of Egypt. And now, I mean, a border of Kemet against the border of Ta-Nehisi. And it, and it instructs Nubians here not to cross this line without no permission. And uh, um, I, it wasn't my intent to fully go over it, but we can, because for a sense of the study. If y'all following my uh, cursor, we starting from the left, because if we go back to the way that all the animals are looking, like I noted earlier, you see they all pointed to the left. Where other things are pointed to the left too, but we'll get familiar with that. Right here, we, and it's transliterated for us so we can follow that, but hopefully I can bring forward what some of these words means. Tesh, Tesh Reshi, right here, we got the southern border. There it is, Tesh Reshi, the southern border from the uh from the angle of the comedic perspective. And now we got Uri. So we got Tesh Reshi Uri M Hebes eight. Uh, I'm sorry for not knowing for the number for eight. Hebes eight Khor him in Nisut Biti Kakaura Da And I can read it more accurately probably from the hieroglyphs. I just wanted to substantiate this uh transliteration is accurate. This is from Rutgers University, by the way, if y'all want a source on this, we have Tesh, which is sort of like a border or a line 
or Tosh with this S right here. Tosh. Okay, and then we got like Reshu or Reshu right here. You see the R and the Sioux plant, but it's come out as Reshu. So it's like the southern border. Tosh, Reshu, Uri is to make. So we make in the southern border M. Hebes 8 on this day in the region, in this regional year. This is when he made the southern border to Nubia, but he's actually stretching the southern border. We come to a term core right here. Core means a lot of things. In this instance, I believe it means a preposition. I know one of my brothers uh, could help me out on this, but I think it's like by or to, by core, him, which is the priest, in, which is another, uh, uh, Ujahu, do you have something for core right here? It's, it means to be under or, or under the care of something. So to be, right. to be under. Right, so now we, he did it in this day of the regional year under the him in Nusut Bitti, so under the priest of the king or under the priest of the king of upper and lower Egypt. And now we, we, we learn about this, which is Ka Kaura. So Ka Kaura is the, uh, I guess, the throne name of Sinroset. But, but not to turn this into a class on Medunetta, I just want to show us how we would scrutinize a facsimile, a qualified facsimile of a primary account uh, of, of the borders of Nubia being there. So let's get it in, because this is a term that we need to learn how to scrutinize, and I've been doing a lot. Oh, I didn't finish. I'm sorry. It says, it says, Dionk Jet Er Nehe, which means give life forever and ever. Or uh, something like forever to eternity, or forever and ever, basically. To or Tim, this Tim is negation. This right here is negation. So it's like do not. Now we say to not, to not, and then we get Erty. I mean Erty. I call it Erty. That's a name in one of my uh, comedic names. Erty is to give. My name is Jonathan, and Nathan in Hebrew means to give. They think Yah means, uh, they think John means Yah, but it also means uh, Ayah in the Kemetic, which we know, but we could get into that too. But right here we got Erdi, which means to give. So it says, let not give. So do not give at two. And we could clearly, I, I, I'm skipping something. And if somebody wants to, oh, I got the transliteration right here. So it says Zen. I'm sorry I wasn't reading the transliteration. Zen. So that's like to pass, and I'm just telling you, not from my use vocabulary, but from reading this, these feet determinatives that'll let me know sin is them pass. Don't let them pass or something. If somebody want to uh, build in on that, you can chime in too. But uh, is everybody with me? I don't We're know. with you, my brother. Let me just pause right now and just say that our brother is reading the Medunetur, the Medunetur straight from the facsimile itself. I haven't actually seen this actually done on any of our shows so far where any brother is reading straight from the language, not from the not from the um, the Hebrew, not from the Greek, not from the Arabic, and certainly not from the Medunetur. So this is the first. Our brother Jonathan, rap god himself, casual, is breaking on the hieroglyphs live in front of your face. So if anybody out there even questions or doubts that the Kemetic Science community aren't up on their language, do not love their, where they're coming from and doesn't understand the language, hasn't even taken the time out to learn the language, 
Know this for now. This brother has taken the time out. Whether it's um, if you're coming from a Hebrew perspective, you have to learn 22 um, Hebraic characters. If you're coming from a Arabic perspective, you have to learn 28 characters. If you're coming from an English perspective or Latin perspective, you have to learn 26 letters. But this brother has put in the work where he had to study so hard that he had to learn over 1,000 hieroglyphic characters. I'm saying over 1,000 because it can go up to even 5,000. But this brother has put the time and effort in to learn this, learn this language, learn the morphology, learn the syntax, learn the grammar. Ah, oh, man. I want to know, has anybody else out there gone so deep into the hieroglyphs, gone so deep into the metaneta? I want to know. Please leave your comments down below and let me know if you've started on your journey to learn the hieroglyphics, the Medunita language. Please let me know. And if you're loving what our brother, our center himself is doing right now, give us a big thumbs up. Let us know you appreciate the information. So carry on, my brother. Carry on. Break down oh, this yeah. knowledge for the whole world to see. Yeah, I want them to know to uh, go to mdu-ntr.com, you know, and a few of people who guide me along my way are right here in the forum, and so that's why I keep making sure certain things that I say are qualified. But if we go down to what they were, or the second row or register where we were talking about R, uh, Tim, do not, uh, R, D, or do not let, and then we get uh, send them, and then we see these feet, so I think that we see the suit. Now, suit, Right here is it has multiple meanings, but I know it's a reference to the South. So uh, I, I could look into that as somebody. It also could be a, a pronoun for them too. But right now, it's the South we know because who comes after that? The term that we got on the other slide, we could go back. Remember this slide we got Nehesi, and we could read these glyphs that identify here uh, inside of the thing right here. We see the N, we see the neighbor, we see the H, the S. It's just Nehes right here. It's not Nehesi. But now look at this. We need to know because you see a man bound up back here. So this was the intent of this dynastic family at this time. Now one way that people get confused is they say, see stuff like this, they might say, oh, well Egypt didn't like Nubians too. But you have to understand uh it's a, it's a detailed study. And what I'll explain here is something we need to know. Manito is the person who coined the term dynasty. When he coined the term, he coined it to mean a family of rule. So that would mean we have 31 families who rule. Now, when one dynasty takes over, they did not necessarily have to be related. I mean, they couldn't have been related to the other family, not necessarily by direct rule, else they would have been the same dynasty. So in the sense of the term of the dynasty of Sinroset, you see the third and his fathers, they had scorn against uh, people from Ta-Nehisi. And we can see it clearly indicated right here. He's saying, do not let nobody pass or no Ta-Nehisi. And this is anybody. This last term right here is Neb. You see Neb down here means any or all. Don't let none of them pass. And right here we see M, another word, Ked, which, uh, and let me see, I see the bolt determinative, so I know it, it has something to do with another way to pass. Oh, it's the South. Ked is another way. You can look up uh, XD, and there's another word that means something like South or Southern. There's another way to say Southern, but now we see the bolt determinatives 
and let us know. Don't let him come south by boat either or something like that. And then we got Ren. Oh, I said Ren, but this doesn't show Ren down here. So what's going on? And I know other people read this metal letter, but why doesn't this say Ren right here? And then, well, this is their transliteration, and I'm giving you my reading. So, see, sometimes this is even illustrates why we have uh, differences between some Egyptologists and what we actually do to work ourselves. To me, this says RN, so that is to, or either it could be the preposition to or by, or it could be the word ren, or it could be rem. But, but right here, I'm showing a discrepancy in their translation of the facsimile. Regardless, we can proceed. To the M, I mean, that'll just be a term I would look up in my studies. Wait a minute. Hey, that, this, what do you see? That's um, that R is a is a is like a is a comparative to say to say uh, not by water or and then by something else. So okay, it means or like the same. Okay. But I wonder why they left it out in the transliteration. That's kind of weird. Oh, they used it as a uh, they they put it only. As a uh, compliment to the M, I guess, right? You see what I mean? Oh, I don't may, know. There may be an error on on the you know in the document itself, but the glyphs would would show that it's a or. Well, just to qualify the work we're doing, this document is from RutgersUniversity.com, their Egyptology section, and we can see how our own knowledge of the hieroglyphs will let us even notice uh, discrepancies in Egyptologists' work. But we can carry on. I think uh, what, what my brother told me right there was qualified because it makes perfect sense. Now we have her, and they say heret, and then they have M. Uh, Kai, and I, 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 I'm not familiar with the ending of this, but what I was intended on stressing was that it says, do not let any Ta-Nehisi pass, basically, this line. So, in a sense of the term, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to just end without defining Haret M. Kai, but let's just keep it clear. When you're learning or studying a language, we have to know that you may not know every sense or term of the language, so we have what are dictionaries and things we refer to. In order to not slow up this dialogue, we'll leave it at, if I want to break the words down, I'll tell you, heart, whore means upon or on top or aware, and they just feminized it right here and then put that determinative. M is a preposition. And cot with something to do with travel with this boat. Kai, I'm sorry, with travel with this boat. But we'll, we will address that later because I want to proceed. All I wanted to do was use this testament from Simroset to establish a border of what we know as Ta-Nehisi. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, now, this is something i also been going over with my people. This was left to us by Taharka. And this is a long time after uh, set, And this is incomplete. This is actually 25th Dynasty material. This is incomplete. What I'm showing you is a picture of half of the facsimile, a photocrop of half of the facsimile containing lines 9 through 16. And I stress this because it, it allows us to see, you've seen the last hieroglyphs that we were just looking at for Ta-Nehisi, they were not necessarily mentioned at this point on Kawa 5, which is the name of this stella uh, given to us by Taharka. But we see here Ta Seti. Now, remember we talked about the boat? I don't know if I can make it bigger, but if someone looks at Taharka's Kawa 5, they'll see that this Ta Seti or look of Ta Seti is used, they use the boat. Uh, I didn't really intend to proceed in this fashion, but somehow my slides are in this order, so I'm just going to tie it all in. Well, Ta Seti 
we know some people attest that all of Nubia was Tasseti at one point, but when we do it linguistically, we will find out that Tasseti was not all of Tanahesi. In fact, we find out Tasseti was only a small, limited region inside of Tanahesi. Nor was Kemet all of Kemet at one time either. So when we talk about uh, these terms in conjunction with each other, right here, I'm stressing uh, people who were considered Kushites. But on the Stella, we see him say that he came from Tanahesi. I mean, he said he came from Tasseti, which we know to be an area of Tanahesi. Now, let's be fair. At the time period of Taharka, there was also a Tasseti, which was a gnome of Kemet. Tasseti was inducted as a gnome of Kemet, so it wasn't like he was saying, oh, I came from Nubia. But it still was one of the same uh, regions in the same area and represented the same thing. So this is another facsimile of Taharka's work, uh, I mean, of Taharka's attestations to coming from Kemet. Uh, he said his mom was in Kemet uh, somewhere down here, and I'm not going to act like I'm reading it right now. That's why I have it highlighted. But and he also tells us, uh, he also tells us that he was amongst the pot dignitaries. He didn't say he was with Ta-Nehisi down there. He said, I was with the pot, the dignitaries, when I was in. Uh. So now we got from the early dynasties to the, what I said, 25th dynasty, where uh, this, this strong association with the land. But now here is somebody who rode with Simbo Set to go smash on Nubians. So he rolled out. And I, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I got Kusobek. You can find it uh, more scholastic work on, on it under Kusobek. But if you look up Sobeku, you might find a few wikis on it or whatever. But it's something for us to stress when looking at this line. And I'm not about to turn this into a Medunetta class. I'm just going to get down to what we talked about. Right here, we got the bow, the T. So we got what they call seti or whatever. But I'm a, I'm, right here, you see Pesejit. So I'm going to explain all of this. We got. Uh, the bow, which is kind of like Seti, and we got uh, Nehesi again. And he stands just for the English translation, which is qualified because we worked this out. It says, His Majesty proceeds upstream to overthrow the desert Nubians. He says, Then I smote the Nubian at uh, Kenekhef, or whatever, in, a, uh, in the presence of the townsmen. Now, it, it kind of like really do read like that, but the thing I'm trying to point out most primarily is. This term right here, if you want to look at the transliteration, it is Ayuntiu. Ayuntiu Nu Pejet. Ayuntiu Nu Pejet is right here. Now, it really comes from these things which are, you could carry a bow. You know, Robin Hood got the bows on his back. And so that's one bow sticking out of your satchel that you carry the bow with. If people want to look up the glyph, I'm sorry, I don't know the gardener term right now, but it's also used in Heliopolis. Now, there's been some work put forth about a people called the Anu, who were some early people. I'm just going to throw that out. It, this is the same glyph on the uh, Stella of Terranetta, or what they call it, that they used to spell the term Anu. But here, we see it in plurality. So we got Anutiu, Anutiu, and we got Nu Pesejet. Now they translated Anutiu Pesejet down here as the Desert Nubians, literally tribesmen of the boat. So what they're telling you is Pesejet right here means the boat. 
They're telling you that. But it got the foreign land determinative to where some people say it's say Tosetti. But it do say Tosetti. Regardless, we know because the bow is interchangeable. I don't want to get off track. We are showing that they rolled down to smoke some Anu Nubians or Anutiu Nubians who are bowmen, because this is also another word for the bow, too, this Anutiu word, this Anu word. We find it in Sumeria as the Anu, and then they call it the Anunnaki. I'm not going to start going too far off on that pseudoness, but I just want to keep, keep it clear. We find it all over the place. So they want to smoke these desert Nubians, and they wanted to restrict, uh, he killed somebody in the center of the city. So this is showing a relationship between uh, Kemet and Nubia and a family who uh, did not like uh, Nubians being associated. But I, what I will add to this is, because this is 12th Dynasty, I'm just going off the top of the head, but by the 14th Dynasty, we get a pharaoh by the name of Nahasi. Now, if we go back to my first slide, if you just take this tie off, and take off these land determinatives, these three Nahas with this Y, this is the name of that pharaoh. So we already know it is a, I wouldn't put too strongly that it's ethnonymic, but it may be kind of like, I don't know what the type of a, a name of a person that also indicates the land toponymic or something like that, uh, name for uh, the pharaoh of the 14th dynasty, Nahesi. So this is all relevant to how uh, Sinwo said the third wanted to treat his Nubian counterparts in establishing this border and doing what he did. Uh, to proceed, I just I threw up the primary just so they could look because that one was easy enough to find before this uh, this testament. And here he's talking about how they smashed on all the Nubians. Uh, now we go, and this this is from a work called The Egyptian Reading Book for Beginners by E.A. Wallace Budge. And, you know, whenever we do detailed work, we never start with incomplete little things like I'm starting with in this presentation. But for the sense of the presentation, I can't put the whole inscription up, so we got to focus on what we focus on. And now, what I'm pointing out is, you remember this N, this H, and this S? Nahas. These are people of the area of Nahas. Furthermore, we know from this ostrich feather, and if we have time to get into it, we're going to discuss the ostrich feathers that we're finding in most Nubian extractions from the A group through the C group. You see what I'm saying? Uh, they would they would lead primarily, uh, maybe it's early C group or a, a culture that existed, the Pangrave culture that would use ostrich eggs, blue cranium, uh, and ostrich feathers alongside their burials, along with pottery and everything. But right here, if we switch this text, we're gonna, he's going to specify, you see this territory. So that's the land that he's talking about. He's talking about the area when they say Mayam, or this is Maj or Majam, or Majam. How would you say that, Ujahu? I say Majam right here. I hope it's not incomplete from the... Uh, page before, but it looks like Majam. Anyway, this is the land determinative. So it's saying the Majam Nahes or what have you. So it's like the Nubians from, or the Nahes from the Najam or whatever. I'm sorry if that's wrong. I know that is the M, M, M and that is the D, J, A, and it is the uh, M again. So that's why I'm saying Majam. And now we have, so we got Majam Nahes. These are the people that he called on, if I'm correct, to help uh, fight a little war that was breaking out in the Old Kingdom. And this is an inscription of Unes. Now we got M. 
We got my mom. We got M either M I am or my am Nahes. It's either uh so yeah, they got them M's in front of every one, so the M is the preposition. So they're saying, so this is so that would make I'm sorry, I don't want to keep up too long of reading the metal but this would be the gem Nahes or whatever, and we could clarify that. Yam, huh? That's probably them. Either way, this is this is Yam, I'm sorry, I don't have this one clear, but this is the Nahes. And we could clearly see all right, this is the Wawat. Wawat, the people of Wawat and the Hess, uh, M of Wawat and the Hess, and then we got of Kakao. Now, this is another group of Nubians I didn't underline, Kakao Nahes. So, we are talking about different areas in Nubia that were well defined at about the fifth dynasty of Kemet, so well defined that they could go in the pyramid text and they could be left to us to decipher for this day. Now, when we're looking through Things this ostrich feather will also indicate Nubians, like I said, but there are a few other things because we're going to start talking about the Magi. And I thought Magi was on here somewhere, and I wish they were. So let me keep reading. If somebody spots where they mentioned the, the Magi on here, I will point that out, but I don't see it right here. So, anyway, Magi, maybe it, it, oh, I'm tripping. Brother, let me ask you, your brother Ajahu, is this the Magi right here? And I'm playing myself? That might be the land of Magi. Am I wrong? Well, I'll look at that later. Yeah, that, I, I can look at that later. But anyway, these are all areas inside of Ta-Nehisi, and I do know on this description Magi is mentioned, and I do know this isn't used in the name as well as this. And this is the M, so it could be that. But anyway, these are different Nubians. Now, down here, remember what I told you about the root to that term for gold? If you look at the bottom thing I have underlined, once we start internalizing this metal netter, it's going to be easier for us because it's ours. I'm going to break something down to you. People can't understand why this represents gold because they're at the bottom, the, the to the left, of, right next to the number 18 of these people, it represents gold because it's a neck piece. Straight up, it ain't put on your neck yet, and so the two strings from your chain is still hanging down. This is true. This is a pectoral piece, a gold pectoral piece, which represents gold. And so we still rock ice to this day, and this is the glyph for that, but now the strings from the chain are hanging down. If anybody want to contend that, I got to work on it, and so we know it's a pectoral piece. So we hear this term schmear, or this is S-M-R, schmear. Nebu, Shmir Nebu. He's talking about gold. Shmir, Shmir means my friends. And this is gold. So he's going to Nubia, chilling up with all these people, and he keeps hooking up with all these people, blah, blah, blah. They go to, they do festivals, they do all type of stuff. They're in, uh, <laughs> you know, sacred buildings. And now he hooks up with the Shmir Nebu, which are the gold people of. Nubia, okay, of Ta-Nehisi. So when I argue that Nub is also attributed or attested to by at least a small group of people inside of Nubia, I am using primary sources when trying to uh, pull that, bring that forward. Now, it's a you know it's a detailed argument, and, and it's for the sense of this presentation. Uh, the documents and the work are on. My rapguy.wordpress site, so somebody wanted, you know, but let's try to uh, move forward. This is another part of the inscriptions of 
Oh, I'm sorry. This must be the same one. Just blowed it up because I see the same people while we're uh, Takao and blah, blah, blah. So Now, there's the definition by E.A. Wallace Budge of smear nibu. I put literally gold, friends. I said that, but he said smear of high rank, smear nude. Now, why do I say it means gold, friends? Because we know this word means gold, and this means friends. So I don't have to question what smear means friends. So I don't have to question whether, uh, and now let's break down smear. The S is causative. Mere, again, is going to give us love. Oh, well, well this MR is going to give us love. S to cause to love. Smear nibu. If we look up smear, we'll see that's our friends. Anyway, I ain't going to go in and know it don't got nothing to do with no Sumerians. But anyway, smear nibu, <laughs> our gold friends. So let's carry on. Uh, now, I threw this up here just on the last minute thing because I told somebody I was going to show my people where we were saying praise the Lord. And Kimmy, just because I was reading some glyphs and I found it. Uh, and I mean, I know we find it all the time, all over the place, but the same thing I'm looking over is relevant to exactly what we're talking about. Because with this one reproduction by Lepsis of Marin Ptah, uh inscription, we can see clearly that four things is dispelled in knowing how to read, like four lines of metal netter. And the work, the, the information we got is so plentiful, I don't have to sit back and hoard nothing. Like I said, if you want to translate my name through the Hebrew, you're going to get given by Yah, given by God. So I want my Hebrew brothers to take anything I give them as if it was given by God. What I'll do at the debate is show them that the Bible says, Medunetter, all in it. Okay? But what I'm going to do right here is try to work through this to keep on track about Nubia. Uh, we can see the name. I'm not going through all this, but this is the name of basically of Bayan Ra, uh, Septepin Ra, Mer and Ptah, and we can see Mer and Ptah over here, and blah blah blah. But this is what I want y'all to see. High. This is this is me calling it high. You can look it up. You can see just the A and the H. But once you look it up, we'll find that it is H A Y with the uh in the in the transliteration, which means the praise. Much praises. Actually, it means to exalt or to raise up. It, it comes from that sense of a praise. Right here, we have a term for the Lord. Okay? So, the first thing they saying when they address the the, the Nisud is praise the Lord. I don't care. It's right here in their face. They can go get anybody who can read the books and we can do this. It says praise the Lord. And it say the knee suit. This suit is short for the knee suit and we see the hand of power. This on right here is the old Egyptian on where we see the knee suit's crown meaning the end instead of the other on. So they like praise the Lord. Our praises are exalted. The Exalt the master. Exalt the Lord. Exalt whatever. Now we see the knee suit uh, by what this we say? Oh, this is gonna kill him. Remember, I say they talk about uh, I say they talk about incest and don't know what they be talking about because they don't read Medu Netter. So what this is about to say? It's clearly defined. This first one says the Nisu, but by see, it's praise to the Lord of the Nisu by Sa suit or Sa Nisu. This suit is short. It's short for Nisu, the same word right here, another short for Nisu. But it says Sa Nisu if we know how to read honorific transposition. Now, this is what's going to kill him. Sa is the word for son. Nisu means the king. 
So they think Sanisu is the son of the king. But actually, it reads on to say Sanisu in Kosh. Sanisu in Kosh. This means nothing but the viceroy. So the real comedic name for a viceroy is the son of the king. Therefore, if you translate stuff back in the English and you say the son of the king married the daughter of the king, you don't know what you're talking about. Sanisu is the viceroy of Kush. And Kush being the areas at this time period known as Nubia. Okay? And so this is the viceroy of Kush running up on the pharaoh, greeting him with a fan in his hand like, oh, yeah, it's going down. So that's two things that just got beat up right there. We got praise the Lord right here in the hieroglyphs, qualify, and people could uh, do what they want to do. But if you don't know, no matter that, you still see these two hands up raised, which means exalted. And if you want to get into the pseudoscience, 5-0 make you raise your hands up just like that so that you can praise them right before they take you into custody. So I like doing the pseudoisms too. But back to the real scholarship, let's proceed. Sa Sanisu means the viral Sanisu and Kosh ain't related to the king, so he could have rights to marry whoever he wants. We have this thing for a whip, and this is all relevant to what I'm talking about. This whip right here, it's really short for the term that it's super short. See, if you know Medunetta, you're going to know the Medu abbreviations, then you're going to know the super abbreviation. This is like a super abbreviation for the term MER which means the overseer, which some thought meant more, but it don't mean more. When you see the first abbreviation, you'll only see the M and the R, but when you see the super shorthand, you're going to just see this, this tongue that comes out of a bull, some attest, and it means the overseer or which is in, or so you can look at it as two, because it says Sanisu, the son of the pharaoh of Kosh, or Kush, or at this time period, this is Nubia, uh, the overseer of the foreign lands, or you see of gold. So now we are here looking at a facsimile of a primary of somebody running up on who I attest. Yeah, this is Marin Ram. So you can read it right here. Uh, Mar in Patah. So we got three things. We got praise the Lord. We got uh, <laughs> we got uh, this other one, the Sa Nisu, who's the son of uh, the Viceroy of Kush, and we have relevant to our gold being in Kush or in Nubia, we have him being the overseer of the gold. And so, I mean, at any given point in time, we could just keep on going, keep on reading. Amen, Pa, uh, I think that's Amenta, if I'm not correct, or it's a Sinstrom, but I'm not here to be on no stuff like that. You know wow, brother, before you continue to go in, let me just quickly just pause right now and just say if you are loving the information that is being delivered by our brother Jonathan Owens from the Armand Ross Square, just please give us a big thumbs up. Let us know that you're loving the information. I'm watching right now the comments down below on the right-hand side as well that's, that's taking place. We have brothers in there that's actually joining the Talk with the Titans group right now to learn more about the Medunita. We have the brother Allah Divine breaking down the Medunita as well, um, supporting our brother Jonathan Owens inside of the chat as well. So if you want to join us, please subscribe down below to Callum L to see more of this magnificent um, discourse that takes place weekly Wednesdays. It takes place weekly Wednesdays. So if you want to see more of this, hashtag talk with the titans or subscribe down below or simply join the face group 
uh, Facebook group Talk with the Titans. And if you want to hear more from our brother Jonathan Owens, down below in this in the um, in the description box, we have all of his details where you can find him on his WordPress Rap God as well. Okay, and all the links that you need is down below in terms of the Facebook group. Uh, the YouTube channel, um, even my Twitter as well is down there. So if you want to get in contact with me and you want to be featured in the next show or you have some grievances and you want to give some more comments or join the group, please just give me a message and I'll be sure to get back to you. All right, so brother, please continue. You just left some bombs in the house right about now. You just dispelled the myth about the um, Egyptians um, having interests, marrying the sons of the daughters, etc. Showing that these are actually talking about uh, viceroys. These were uh, terms of endearment that the Egyptians or the pharaonic society used um, for not necessarily their next of kin, but their um, next of kin in terms of spiritual workload or physical workload that they have deputized that person to become their son in a sense. So this is powerful information that you're letting loose. Also showing us the, 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 the in the Medinetta itself, if you can't even read the words, you can read the pictures, you can see the arms exalted in, 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 in a position of, of, of praise, yah, or ha, or yah, 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 giving praise all day long. So you you know what, yeah, continue breaking down the Medinetta, because this right here is what the people need. This is so far... There is so many people actually trying to get into the chat room right now. There's so many people that's watching on YouTube. This is like the most watched show so far on YouTube. So please tune in. Let us know that you're loving this information. If you've got any questions, we've got the second part of the show coming up later on where you get to ask our brother any questions. So if you've got any questions, leave it in the box down below and let us know. So continue, my brother. You're, just, you're going in. So I'm just going to sit back and listen to your thing. All right, well, I'll put this up here to illustrate a few things. Uh, uh, I just threw this stuff together from a collection of pictures I had like almost an hour before the, uh, we discussed, so it might be short-winded, but we're, this is a digital presentation, and online, anybody can pull up right now E.A. Wallace Budge Egyptian reading book for beginners. Now, just since we are pushing forward this scholarship, I need to let you know how to look up a source in, in this new digital age that uh, academia hasn't defined. Once you got it in your Google, simply pop in the word Negro Land. Once you got the book, it is going to take you right to where what we're about to discuss. This is a major discrepancy concerning these terms. Now, we see here E.A. Wallace Budge defined Nahes as Negro land and Nahes as Negro. But this opens up a big uh, jar of worms, primarily because all of the tribes of Africa in and about the times these inscriptions were left primarily were Negroes from the this is from how they classify people. If they want to put it into their pseudo-race science, you cannot take any tribe or group that these people associated with and say they were not exactly the same thing. So then this will be an accurate definition for Nahes, calling it Negro land. But in their pseudoscience, what they're trying to say is sub-Saharan African. I don't know if that term was necessarily used at the time of E.A. Wallace Budge, and so uh, in a sense of being fair, he used what they would use in his time period to still say that this was the black area. Now, the discrepancy is 
They're using this to act like other areas were not black areas, if you see what I mean. And so throughout all of the literature, all the way up to Stuart Tyson Smith, who wrote the book Wretched Kush, which was used by Dr. Wesley Muhammad, which I dismantled thoroughly in some, in some work I put up a few years ago, which will always also be refined and edited in my book Magi, a handbook for the conscious community. That work goes through so much uh hate literature all the way till it gets back to the conscious community and now we have people superimposing the concept that Egyptians had this big old hate for Nubians. So we can get to the uh, the root of what they thought Nahes meant. Uh, when dealing with the bow, this is from Alan Gardner's work, and some of the things I put forth is uh, that I spoke about earlier, we see the term here, Aonet uh, for the bow, but primarily we got a bow, which is Pesegit, or I keep putting the S in there, Pegit. I keep putting the S because that's a different term. Pegit. Pegit is the bow. Yeah. Pesegit is the Enid, so I apologize. Pegit is the bow. And if you look up uh, these determinatives, we'll know that it's the bow, and it uh, indicated to them, they saying right here, a troop or a foreign people. Pegit. So now we're just clearly talking about Egypt from, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Nubians from the, dang, what happened? I thought I put more stuff up here to look at than this, but it's cool. Oh, yeah, we're talking about uh, Nubians from a Egyptian perspective in a lot of these primaries. But if we have time, I don't know how much time we have, I would like to dig into some of the perspective of the Nubian or how we seen things developing first in Nubia. Uh, I have a photo on my Facebook page of, of something, an illustration I found online called The Last Magi. And it's not the most accurate depiction, but I know enough to know it wasn't that far off, but I was challenged about the the depiction of a Magi because it was all wrapped up in some garb that wasn't traditionally Magi garb, and also he had a sword in his hand. And so the, the conversation proceeded that if for some reason people don't think we had iron in Kemet. People think it was all bows and arrows and spears for some reason, but actually the term that they would want to scrutinize is called Kapresh. Kapresh is the name for the scimitar from the Kemetic perspective. It's also the name for a good cut of meat. So you can see how these terms relate, Kapresh. It also the term for a blue war crown of Tadakamen. Oh, I said Tadakamen of all these suits, you know what I'm saying? The blue war crown is called the Kapresh, uh, you know what I'm saying? And so now we see how this uh, sickle or whatever would develop, uh, or the scimitar developed in Nubia before it developed in Kemet. And why did this happen? Because we don't find as many ancient... Uh, I don't know, what are they, soots? I forgot what they're called. These pits uh, for molding iron as we, the main iron center of ancient times along the now was Meroway. Meroway, called Mero by certain people, Meroway. All right, uh, all of the iron smelting, we would try, this was one of their biggest trade things and we find uh, smelting pits going back between 2000 to 1500 B.C. So they're saying if we know for a fact that the Magi or the 
defenders of Egypt who came from the area of Majah in Ta-Nehisi originally, if we know that they were defenders of Kemet, then we would also know that they would bring some of the... Now, I don't want to start confusing people because Meroe is a lot deeper further in, down into uh, what we would call areas of Kush past the second cataract, if I'm correct. But still, we want to... Uh, something stop. sorry. We want to uh, emphasize all of the things that I was giving out. I just got clogged up by a few thoughts, so... I don't know. I want to see, Kalam, if you're there uh, where we're at so I can know how much longer I got to present. I could talk on this topic for a long time. All right. All right. Our brother is doing some science right now. I see people in the chat room are going wild. They want to ask you questions. They want to move to the second part of the show where they actually get to um, ask you some questions and give you some comments. So it's up to you whether you want to go on a little bit longer or you just want to just delve into these questions. Right now, now. I can wrap it, I'm going to wrap it up in this last little final piece and we can uh, discuss how it comes to fruition to today or... Uh, brings my organization together, which is the Magi. Uh, we discussed uh, how weapon warfare developed in the areas of Nubia. We discussed the geological aspects that made Kemet, even Kemet came from the reign of Ta Seti, all right? And so it, it's all clear. And we also see, uh, discussed many things, but we didn't discuss the exploitation of these things that happened in later times, meaning that since Nubians had developed such a skill with the bow by being hunters and gatherers for such a long time, each Kemites, the Remech or Reketi or whatever you want to call this people of Egypt who uh, people of Egypt who desired or prominent people of Egypt who desired protection called on Nubians. They called on specifically they called on the Magi. Okay, and the Magi would appear in uh, in the Annals of Kemet on many primary attestations as the vanguards of Kemet, the ones who protected and defended Kemet's borders, or Kemet's, or Kemet, whatever you want to call it. I'm using Egyptology speak for the sense of the discussion, so I keep saying Kemet. But yeah, you know what I'm saying, to defend the borders. Now... I think if you look at Egyptologists will tell you that we don't find Magi too much more after the 18th dynasty or what have you, but I'm going to put forth in my work that we can find Magi way after the 18th dynasty because we got to learn how to read some of the glyphs, and then we got to start attributing the uh, the ostrich feather, and then we look at the warriors who Taharka summons to fight uh, Sennacherib or Esarhaddon, okay, the Assyrian who was... And this is another key point. The Assyrian who was sacking Jerusalem, which made Taharka come up out of his reign after taking back over Kemet and say, hold up. Some Assyrians is running up on my little vassal satellite kings in Jerusalem. I can't have that. So what he did was caught on the matter of fact, let me get, I want to share this. I, got, I can share, oh, dang, I just closed it. He called on the Magi, and I can prove that because we read these inscriptions. Basically on Sennacherib's, I think it's Sennacherib's prism where we'll read the story, but I think a, a later war, maybe it was Esarhaddon. Yeah, I know this. I wish I could look at my work, but I just closed the link by accident. I don't want to clog this up too much. But it's on my documents about Nubia. We can clearly see the Kushites being extracted up out of Kemet 
when Tawa Namani or whoever uh, Taharka's successor lost all of it to the Assyrians, they, they got him with what on their head? Everybody know, because we know now this is a good instruction. They had the ostrich feather on their head being carried out like this. So now we see, okay, we see some uh, magi right here, or we at least see, because every time you see a hieroglyph or a, a ideogram or a, for a magi, you see an ostrich feather is inseparable. Uh, and so in, in closing, I, I guess we can uh, let people get in and dig on that. I'll say that was the point in history when uh, the vassal kings of the area of, of the Levant started to take more of their refuges into Kemet. So this is what enabled Jews or people, Hebrews, to be found taking refuge amongst the Magi at about 500 B.C., which we read the Aramaic Elephantini Papyri, okay? And, and that just mean a collection of papyruses. These are all long list of letters where they were asking for so much help. Now, uh, to close, at this time period, in Nubia, the Hebrews came down and they request permission from a Persian uh, Nisud at the time to rebuild a temple next to the temple of Kanum in Elephantini or Elephantine. And what they wanted to build was a temple at 500 B.C. to Anat Yahoo. Not to Yahoo by himself at 500 B.C. They wanted to build the temple to Anat, A-N-A-T, dash Y-A-H-U, which was an amalgamation of Yahoo and Anat, just like I taught on my document El Shaddai about the amalgamation of the god Sin, the moon god Sin, and the goddess Nana. And so from ancient times, and I wish I could have went more in on Neolithic periods, some of the pottery and some of the stuff, but from ancient times all the way up into the closure of some of the grandest histories of Kemet, we got Nubians and Nubian, Nubia, and more specifically, Ta-Nehesi, Ta-Seti at the, uh, you know, at the root of Egypt's wealth. Wow, I warned you, I warned every single one of you out there that this was going to be a powerful thesis that our brother will be presenting today. It was an advanced thesis. So if you're not up to scratch with your histories, with your Herodotus, with your linguistics, with your ancient Egyptian history, some of those information may, or with your archaeology even, and anthropology, some of those terms would have just gone way over your head. But don't worry. You can always rewind this video, subscribe down below, so you can always see this video. You can rewind it, pause it, write down on your piece of paper, um, go into your research, whether it's in your Wikipedia, whether it's in your encyclopedias, whether it's in uh, your Google search, or whatever the case may be, so you could find out these key terms, the key terms such as the Magi, the key terms such as the Assyrians, the key terms such as the Khanum uh, Temple, Anat, Yahoo, etc., etc., um, the, the Elephantine, Papyri. Um, these are all key things that I'm sure that it might be new to your ears, but please, 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 please research these terms because this brother has just uploaded and unloaded a whole um how can i say this 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 is kind of like 
You know, you know, you see Superman, and he has his own little ice cavern somewhere, and then he has those, um, those, 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 uh, what's it called? Those icicles, and it gives you the disc of information, the wealth of information. I don't even know what the term is, but that's literally what our brother has just done. He's just taking one of these magic crystals, laid it down, and it's just giving you a whole wealth of information that is, you can't soak in right now. You're gonna have to rewind, play this again, and see and hear what his brother is talking about. Because I'm just amazed. I'm just here right now, just thinking, wow, I need to just rewind this and play it back a hundred times to know what this brother is talking about. Because he's just uploaded some serious information for us. So if you love the information our brother has just presented, please give us a big thumbs up and let us know that you like this information. We're going to have the questions and comments coming up right now. So leave your questions and comments down below. Let us know what you're thinking. If you're watching a pre-recorded message of this, please just leave your comments down below or join the Facebook group, Talk With The Titans. That is Talk With The Titans. And if you want to find us again, it's hashtag Talk With The Titans, one word. And you can Google us, you can YouTube us, you can Facebook us, you can Twitter us, whatever the case may be on every social network. We are the first thing that appears. That's right. That's correct. We are the first thing that appears. So, um, in that being said, please just press the subscribe button down below um, if you want to see our past shows as well. Our past show, we had the Grandmaster Linguist himself, Asar Imhotep, um, breaking down the, um, the, giving us clarity through of the Bible through the African languages. We had prior to that, we had our brother again, Jonathan Owens, the Amon Ra Squad, the Hebrew War Machines, the Moors, the Muslims, everybody in the building discussing Kevin on trial. Uh, prior to that, we had brothers like Divine Prospect, Dr. Ali Muhammad, um, Israel Doctrine going against Shaka Atmos. So if you want to see these titans, please just press the subscribe button down below. We're going to have our brother Sankofa coming up in the new year. We're going to also have our brother um, Paul Light coming to the show um, in the new year as well. We're going to have the Hebrew War Machines. We're going to have people like Zion Lex um, coming in. Our brother Nasi. well, I don't even know why I haven't even shout out our brother Nasi yet. Our brother Nasi Nazi Yashavel, know that name, Nazi Yashavel, the guy who gave the biggest upset, the underdog of the tournament, gave the biggest upset to our brother Sarasut and Seti. Um, he's been supporting us, he's been avidly watching these um, these discourses, he loves what we're doing and he has our full backing. So I have to shout out my brother for giving us the support, we love that. Um, so yeah, if you want to stay in tune with all of our guests, and all of the new shows coming up in the new year, please just press the subscribe button down below. Also, leave your comments. I want to hear your comments below. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you want in the studios. Let us know what what what, what issues are affecting you where you are at so we can address them. Remember, this show, Talk With The Titans, this is where the Titans talk and the audience participate. This works, this only works if you work with us, okay? So please just leave us your comments down below. Leave us your comments down below, subscribe to us, and let us know what you want to hear, who you want to see. Okay, so, brother, I've got the very first question here for you um, on... Uh, YouTube. Uh, on the YouTube right now, we have our brother, um, Truth Negus, and he asked the question to you, um, Brother Jonathan, did the Upper Kemeti develop writing before Lower Kemet? Um, did the Nubians originate the Medunita? 
So that's the question he's put forth to you. Oh, well, that is a very good question, and it's kind of like a, a specialized question because we start getting into how we classify certain people. If you want to look at uh, proto-dynastic uh, inscriptions, which would be before Old Kingdom inscriptions, we'll find them primarily in the areas of Upper Upper Egypt, almost uh, Lower Nubia, if, you know what I'm saying, uh, areas around Kom Ombo. And that'll come on board will probably take us directly into Tosseti. I think they found, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they found the Tenehu palette in around the areas of Comb Ombo, which would be one of the first attestations to writing, or I mean, not one of the first, but you know, when we talk about the metal netter or whatever, yeah, you could go back to bones that go thousands of years ago for writing, but. Uh, we can look around the areas of Kong Ombo. We'll look at the Tenehu palette. We'll look at uh, some of these earlier inscriptions and look into the proto-dynastic proto language and see where some of these things pop up. Uh, and I would not say that Nubians created the Medunetta because they were not at such a divided people at that time. The only, well, tribes were tribes. We know that. But the unification of Egypt it's kind of exaggerated into an extent to like it was two different uh, people unifying. It was just a unification amongst maybe a collection of the same people who rolled by different tribes. So to say Nubians started it would be kind of like pseudo for me to say. They were all kind of like just the precursors to both what we call Nubians and Egyptians, I guess. Thank you. Thank you, our brother. Um, Alright, so now we have a in the panelists, in our in-house panelists, we have our brother Laurent G Conscious. He has a question for you as well. So brother G Consciousness, please unmute your mic and ask your question pertaining to this course. Peace, 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 brothers and sisters. Right. Um, yeah, uh, one of the questions I have is um, you know, we have like for instance today we have what we do what you call trade. One of the things is America is built on this outside trade, outside uh, 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 things that we use in order to build America. Now, my question is this. In the uh, fourth millennium, during the Nakata 1 and Nakata 2 period, do we see in the Nakata 2 period Mesopotamia influence on Kemet, Upper, uh, upper Egypt? Mm -hmm. Okay, good question. Uh, now, some scholars, we need to get into the heart of this theory. Let's first say that uh, when we talk about these classifications, Lakata uh, 1, Lakata 2, and we go into, when we get into Nubian, we're talking about uh, the different cultures of the X groups, the A group, B group. A lot of these groups were first put forth by a man named Reisner. Uh, I think it's George Reisner. And classifying some of these groups, and then for uh, for the chemonology, I think the groups were classified by Petri. And now a lot of the, and, and I don't ever like to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but we know that uh, the schools, if we could get into a detailed discussion about the different schools of European Egyptology, we could learn how they uh, came to certain conclusions. Well, the particular school who brought forth information that said that there was Mesopotamian influence that encroached upon 
uh, Nakata 2 and not a, Nakata 3, I mean Nakata 1 and Nakata 2 were what they call the Pangrave culture or the C group, which was supposed to be an encroaching. They said they developed this theory, which was founded by Flinders Petrie, that there was, quote, if anybody wanted to Google it, it's called the invading pharaonic race theory. Now, some of the things you mentioned from uh, uh, extractions after Nakata A and Nakata B, which would probably be not Nakata C because it's Pangrave culture too, but we got to look into that. Uh, the C group and, and Pangrave culture, some of the things you cited about uh, encroachment upon the indigenous Nubian culture coming from Mesopotamia was clearly racist Egyptology that even modern Egyptologists nowadays, they're more... Uh, they're more open, and so they even say that their earlier counterparts was racist in putting forth this theory. Now, we don't want to just do a whole world of conjecture, so let me address it with the pottery. When we deal, when we go deeper, first of all, the pottery of Mesopotamia and the pottery of Kemet does not rival the pottery of Nubia. It all clearly shows us that a majority of this technology, a matter of fact, the most advanced ceramic center in the world at that time period was in what we call Nubia today. And we notice from what they left us, there's a period of time called the Abkhan, A-B-K-A-N. You won't find it in the wiki search. You got to click books. Abkhan Neolithic is a time period when we start seeing what th some attest to is another encroachment upon Nubian society. But what we learn is that, because Neolithic go back almost 10,000 BC, and when we start talking about these time periods, we get to learn about some of the changes that happened to the uh, Nubian pottery of these areas. Now, I'll, I'll close out real quick. What we learned is that the Sahara was fertile at the beginning of these Neolithic periods, and what we see is they used fish, Share, uh, fish skeletons from ponds and lakes in the Sahara in order to make a new design on pottery we find in uh, in in Nubia or Tanahesi. And this that's pottery not what was I called, asked you, Jonathan. That's yes, not what I, I asked, asked you. I answered that question a long time I'm ago. Talking about the influence of Mesopotamia. For for instance, you're talking about it, pottery. For instance, I'm talking about. Oh, no, no, you're gonna bring up the same question, my brother. Let no, me just no, say, I thought I addressed that when I said that theory came from Flinders Petrie. Did that not address it when I said the invading pharaonic race theory came from Flinders Petrie? Thank you. Um, so. Sorry, we have to mute Ali's mic. We can't have the back and forth. That takes place at the latter part of the show. That's usually not aired tonight. I don't know if we will hear that um, part because we are reaching the close of the show. Literally, we've only got a few more minutes left. Um, so in that being said, let me actually just go back over to the YouTube as well. Um, we have here... We have our brother Black Falcon 702, and he has left a very nice comment here for our brother Jonathan. He says, Brother Jonathan is a master teacher. We are very grateful to have him doing this work. Hotep from Wali Akhtab. So that's our brother Wali Akhtab from oh, Black Falcon 702. He says, Brother Jonathan, you are a master teacher. And I have wow. to combine that and say, indeed. Respect, respect, that's respect. Appreciate All right. Much All right, we have our brother Alvin. Our brother Alvin has a question uh, for you as well. So I'm going to open up for brother Alvin. Great. 
Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree with just about ninety-seven percent of what you've been talking about. <laughs> Great. Um, that's good. Uh, that's the good only enough. thing I would question is um, when you talk about praising the Lord, um, I would think that would be a common thing amongst anybody like praising an authority figure, whether it be a king or, yeah. or a prince or anything or a god. So I don't know if I would say the Bible got it from that that uh, passage that you translated, yeah, but I would nah. think it would be more of a general thing of exalting an authority figure. Yeah, you're right. You're actually 100% correct. And you know, I got a debate coming up, and I'm a witty person, so I got curveballs to throw people off, and I got all kind of stuff. They can sit there and study that if they want to, but that ain't no place close to uh, nothing I'm willing to present. But actually, the scholarship is sound. It does say to praise the Lord, but yeah, you know, I'm not the one who's going to sit here and argue that. Honestly, being a Magi, that's not necessarily my take. I mean, I'm not the one who put forth. I, I got information on the Bible being plagiarized from Kemet, but that ain't my argument. And so I seen a relationship between Hebrews and uh, the people of Ta-Nehisi that a lot was not so conflicting. You know what I'm saying? Okay, thank you, thank you. So if you have any questions out there, please leave your questions. If you're watching it right now live, leave questions on the right-hand side over there. And let us know what you have to say to our brother. Even if you have comments to give our brother, please let him know. If you're watching a pre-recorded uh, version of the show, just leave your comments down below. Definitely, um, you know, reply to your comments or actually just add us um, talk with the Titans on Facebook as well, where you can actually speak live with the Titans. We have on there, we have our brother Siam Hotep on there, we have our brother Divine Prospect on there, we have uh, Zion Lex, we have uh, Imam Bashir, we have uh, Dr. Ali Muhammad, we have uh, Palai, we have a whole list of Titans Israel Doctrine on there as well. So we have a whole list of Titans on there. So if you want to get into contact with us and you want to leave your message or give us some questions, give us some difficult questions, please. I want some hard questions. Just join the group, talk with the Titans, and let us know. Also, please remember we have our weekly Wednesday shows, our weekly Wednesday shows that takes place at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or if you're in the UK, it's at 11 p.m. So, um, so I'm inviting any questions out there to our brothers. Um, I've got Brother Asa'im Hotep, who's being quite vocal in our private chat section at the moment. So I would like to know, does Brother Asa'im Hotep have anything, any comments, actually, to say, or any questions to give our brother Jonathan before we close up in the next few minutes? Peace and blessings. Um, no, I'm just I'm just acting silly in the chat room, but um, uh, I, I actually missed most of his uh, presentation. Um, had to step out for a bit, and um, so I, I really have nothing. I have to go back and review, but I know he held it down, so I'm not worried. Um, but yeah, y'all continue. All right, and okay, we also have here again on the YouTube our brother Divine Allah. Um, he's just leaving us some nice messages. He said, Iker, um, or Aker, um, excellent work, brother Jonathan. Good presentation so far, casual. Um, 
so yeah, yeah, please just keep in contact. Let us know whatever comments that you want us to read us read out. Let us know. Um, actually, there's quite a few comments here. I don't think I'll be able to read them all out. Um, if you actually go on to talkwiththetitans.com, or sorry, talkwiththetitans on Facebook, I will actually post those questions um, that you have there, and hopefully our brother Jonathan will be able to answer those questions. Um, let me just quickly check back into the group. Um, who else we got here? Brother Ujawu, um, greetings to you. I know you've been keeping a keen eye on what's going on. Um, do you have any comments or questions for our brother before we close up? We're literally closing up very shortly. Uh, no questions. Just wanted to um, say it was a good, good presentation. And, and he did say that he didn't do anything formal, but um, even with it not being formal, it was still very informative and um, uh, should give, give some people st some stuff to think about and to look up and maybe you know come revisit um, revisit the subjects. Oh, uh, at a later time. So yeah, good work, excellent work. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And please, I'm actually going to share something with you right now um, to our listening audience out there, or should I say our viewing audience right there. Um, you should be able to see my screen right now. I'm on the YouTube. Um, so if you would like to find our brother Jonathan Owens. Uh, his website right down below is rapgod.wordpress.com. This is where you can find our brother Jonathan Owens. As you already know, he's up in the debate and he's raising some funds uh, to fly out the Amon Ross squad to actually get some materials, exclusive materials, all the way around the USA and all the way in Europe as well um, for his presentation. So if you want to actually go and fund him, please go and fund the research for the Magi. Um, you'll find it as well at www.gofundme.com, uh, the Magi Research. Okay, so this is where you can go and actually find our brother Jonathan Owens. If you and, don't mind, uh, sorry, not to cut you off. I don't mind to cut you off, but I just need to thank my supporters already. Everyone who's already kicked in and kicked in, yo, you don't even know. Like you gonna enable us to give a presentation at this debate on February eighth. That that is all because of you. So I want to thank all the supporters already. Sorry to cut you off, brother. I just had to say that. No problem. You can cut my wisdom any time to thank the supporters <laughs> because quite literally, without the supporters, um, let me let, let my face be seen for this one. Let my face be seen. Without the supporters, we wouldn't be anywhere. Without the supporters supporting this show, the show wouldn't be on. This show is dedicated to you. This show is literally dedicated to the community members to propose any questions that they have uh, for us. They even enlighten us who they want to have on the show. So literally you are in charge of the show. Whatever you want, any questions that you add onto the, onto the comments box, we will ask it live on air or we will ask it within inside of the Titans group and the Titans will answer. If you want any Titans to appear, anybody that you haven't seen on at the moment in time, but you do want to see, um, come on, just let us know. DM me, go onto the Facebook, let us know who you want to um, come on the show. If you yourself want to come on the show as become a panelist, uh, most of these people here on the panel right now, we have, uh, just to let you know, we have our brother James, who is on the panel. 
Um, we have our brother Nahisi, who's on the panel. Uh, we have brother uh, Laron, etc. We have a whole host of people that are, are literally got in contact with me to say, I want to be on the panel. I want to ask some questions live on air. Um, I want to pick some of these titans' brains. So if you want to actually do this, um, please just come, just, just hashtag Talk With The Titans, Facebook me, join the Talk With The Titans group, and you can ask a question. This group or this 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 show is dedicated to you, is dedicated to you and the Titans. The Titans present information that you want to hear. So please support us, and we will definitely support you. Um, let me just quickly share my screen for the last time and say that... Um, where are we? Is my screen being shared? Yeah, my screen is being shared. So if you want to find us yet again, we're right here. Just go click on to the, um, the description box. You can find us on Facebook. This is our Facebook um, uh, uh, Talk with the Titans group. If you want to find us on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, um, you find us right there to watch all the previous past shows with Dr. Ali Mohammed, Israel Doctrine going up against Shaka Atmos, uh, Divine Prospect, uh, Brother Asaim Hotep, the list continues. If you want to see our future shows with our brother Sankofa, with our brother Zion Lex, with our brother Polite, etc., please, like, just, just right here, right here. This is the channel right here, or you can subscribe right here. Let us know, let us know, let us know that you want to actually be part of this community. Um, also, you can actually um, log on to my Twitter. My Twitter is quite funny, uh, to say the least, and it's quite controversial. Just like our Facebook as well, we do have a lot of controversial posts, posts that stir um, discussion. That is our aim. We want to make you think. We want to actually stir some discussion. Um, so this is the Talk with the Titans page if you want to join us. Um, this is us right here. If you want to actually join us on Google Plus as well, um, you know, you can join us on Google Plus and you can be entered in, uh, be one of the first to actually have the link to be in the uh, Talk with the Titans show. Okay, let me stop sharing my screen right now and let my face be seen if I can. Um, so, yeah. So. Um, I'm going to allow the brothers now open it up if the brothers have any last dying words that they want to say uh, before we close the show and actually enter into some hearty discussions to say least. So I'll open it up. Um, Brother Jonathan, if you have anything to say, any closing remarks, I know we haven't even gone into your February 8th um, Cameron Child debate. I got to say this. Go ahead. All I gotta say is please support the debate. Now that I means the best way to support the Magi and these teachings that need to be brought to the people is coming to the debate and having an open mind. Like I said, we sent y'all the link, but I really want people to try to get to the debate at February the 8th. It ain't just about monetary support because I can't be in the house with a wonderful presentation and a bunch of non-believers who going to try to just hate on the information anyway. So we got to try to give an effort to get there on February 8th. If we can't get there, we could get the information out by supporting the live stream at 2012stores.com. You click tickets and get a get a support the live stream. I mean, it'll be better than one of these rap battles. I, I'm, I guarantee you that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be real scholastic information that hopefully we can keep it proper, you know. 
Thank you. Thank you, Brother Jonathan. So, um, with that being said, I'm actually going to close out the show. Um, remember, we are on every Wednesdays, every Wednesdays, every Wednesdays. We are on at 6 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time and 11 p.m. GMT. If you like what we're doing, please give us a big thumbs up. If you think this information will touch um, someone that you know, please just share that information. You can just go down below and just press the share button. You can share on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all of your social media sites. So if you like us, please just, just, just share the information. Um, and please, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us. Uh, to keep up to date, keep up to date with the ongoings of the February the eighth debate, the Kevin on trial, Hebrew Israelites versus the Kemetic Science Community. So if you want to keep up to date with that, we have a playlist down below as well on my channel. That if you want to keep up to date with all of the rebuttals that's going on, you have polite giving the rebuttals to the Hebrew Israelites, the Hebrew Israelites giving the rebuttals to the to the um, Kemetic community. You had Gorilla Hebrew on the other day going ham on Shaka Atmos and Brother Reggie. So this is going to continue. There's going to be a big struggle that's going on. That's that Horus versus Set struggle. That's that Cain and Abel struggle that's going on. Our brothers are just fighting, warring with each other. But at the end of the day, it is all love. This is all scholastic love and battle. Okay, um, so this has been Talk With The Titans, and I've been your host, Callum L. Um, this is where the Titans get to talk and the audience, the audience, 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 always get to participate. So thank you for tuning in with us, and I will see you in the next show. Thank you.